Welcome to the Scene Podcast, a series of teeny tiny plays brought to you by Get Over It Productions. This week's pod play is Aberrations by Andrew Curtis. In this two-parter, we follow our heroine Joan as she navigates shift work on the renal ward of an NHS hospital and a new relationship. As if that's not enough to be getting on with, she then gets a call from her ex-girlfriend Izzy asking for help. This is Aberrations by Andrew Curtis. Okay, it's only been a week. Don't say anything. Not yet. Where's my keys, Mel? Where's my bloody keys? Don't say anything. There's always an amnesty during the first week. Bye, Han. I sometimes wonder why I invite girlfriends to move in. It's always the death knell. There's been a few who have squeezed into my wee flat over the years. The short stairs. And of course, Izzy. The long stair. She was what they call an aberration. You see, they always tell me I'm hard to live with. And I tell them I disagree with this assessment. When I'm on earlies, I'm up a good three hours before Mel. When she comes home, I'm just about ready to turn in. You could argue that I should stick with fellow nurses, but, well, that didn't work out with Iz, did it? Um, excuse me, mate. You may not have seen, but there's a lady in front of you who's pregnant and you're sitting in a priority seat. No, it's fine. Not many people notice. You'd be surprised. It's really no problem, love. He didn't notice a heavily pregnant woman with half a dozen baby on board badges plastered across her tits, eh? Every day we're required to suspend disbelief in multiple ways. I met Mel in Candy West about three months ago. I had a few days off and me and my pal Marnie were having some midweek drinks. Mel and her mates were at the next table. She was doing that game, you know the one with the three egg cups where you have to guess which one the pea's under? Except for she was using a peanut and wee coffee cups. Yes, they were having coffee in a bar. Mel doesn't drink. They called it the Generations Game. Each coffee cup represented a generation. They'd written on them, Millennials, Generation X and Baby Boomers. I never really got my head around all that stuff, but I'm Generation X, apparently. Just. So Mel was whizzing these cups around on the table, but wherever the peanut started, no matter under which cup, which generation it started with, it always ended up under the Boomer Cup. Then she did this really neat trick where she lifted up the boomer cup and there were three peanuts under it and no one could work out how she did it. By this time there were about a dozen women, all ages, standing around the table laughing at the trick. People were saying they couldn't get their heads around it. Not just the trick itself, but also how all the old bastard boomers ended up with all the money. So, Mel made us act out this full-size version in the middle of the bar. I was pretty pissed by then, I must admit. Mel played the millennial, I was the Xer, and Marnie, somewhat reluctantly, was the boomer. I ain't that fucking old, love, she grumbled. 
then there was this whole routine by Mel spinning us around. She's like, Boomer gets the house for peanuts, Exa gets a decent job straight after uni, and I get avocado on toast. And then it's like, Boomer retires at 55 with a gold-plated pension, Exa gets a free education, and I get 40,000 quid student debt. Marnie's taking it all in good humour each time she's like, not bloody likely, or actually, I got bugger all. To be honest, I'd lost interest by this point. This lottery me and Marnie were supposed to have won for no being young is no something we'd ever seen. Normally I'd have got a wee bit argumentative about it. I'm not one to listen to such middle class bullshit. But I was more like, who's this girl with the big glasses and the big gob? And then I see Marnie getting a bit bored too. Suddenly she's saying, but we got section 28, we had bloody Thatcher and we fucking had, and I'm like, whoa, no Marnie, not now. So anyway, it breaks up good humouredly and we all go back to our seats. I discreetly get Mel's number and we start seeing each other. It was lucky timing. We may never have met. Three weeks later, Candy West suddenly closed. It was still pretty popular, but the rent had shot up and Ali and Susie just couldn't afford to keep it open anymore. Same thing happened to Mel's house share. Landlord hikes up the rent and she's looking for a room. So I said to her, you could always move into mine for a wee while, just until you get yourself sorted. So here we are. She's the first to live with me since Izzy. Anyway. We'll just have to see how it goes. My commute's simple. 10 minutes walk to the station, 10 minutes on the train, 10 minute walk to the hospital. In winter, the trains freeze up like a bunch of old hens with arthritis, but most of the year, I'm okay. I've been in this place since I finished training. Almost 20 years. I'm part of the furniture. You know, like the smell of disinfectant. A fixture. A legend. But then there's a danger you're institutionalised. Here's me. Ward H. Renal. What some people misguidedly call the Alkies Ward. Busted kidneys? I'm your gal. We get our fair share of Alkies, for sure, but they're only half the story. Izzy worked here too, but moved on. Not related to being booted out of the flat, I can assure you. But I'm a stare. And I'm sister. This is my fucking ward, in case you were wondering. Right. Let the fun begin. There will be no words today. Damage limitation. Two weeks in and we've survived the why are you such a messy cow and why are you such a bossy bitch discussion. So I'm holding my tongue for now. Here's the bloody keys. There should be a chart of relationships, relationships in the early cohabiting stage. I call it the Joan chart. The sex starts off up here and the petty annoyances are down there. Gradually the annoyances increase and the sex decreases and kind of meets in the middle. And before you know it, you're stuck with no sex and plenty of arguments. Then marriage, 
or death. But hey, that doesn't normally start until week four. Bye, Han. She may be messy, but she's lower maintenance than Izzy. It was the money problems with her. I used to spend time with her shifting money from one place to the other. Credit card to overdraft, overdraft to loan repayments, loan to cover the credit cards, frying pan to the fire and back again. It was annoying, but I kind of enjoyed the complexity. Then one day the bailiffs arrived at the door at 6am and that was the end of Izzy and me. Some kind of inspection at work today. You can always tell it's coming. The cleaning intensifies and the receptionist starts wearing lippy. But I do not change. I will not change. They'll never find fault with me. You see, as winter bites, a crisis is never far away in the NHS. And this year they reckon winter's going to be a bastard. Any hospital can't have more than 85% of its beds occupied or the ship really hits the fan. I got a text this morning. We've reached 80%. Feels like we're at breaking point. Some things never change. I came to London nearly 20 years ago. Fuck. <laughs> I sound so old. I did my training with a girl called Caitlin Curran. Man, was I in love with her. I shambled down here after her and two weeks later she dumped me. I was 18 and in a strange city all alone. A flat in the arse end of the Caledonian Road. London was amazing then. In the days I would get out and about. Now I get a nosebleed if I leave zone three. <sighs> Excuse me, pal. You may not have seen, but this gal's a wee bit pregnant. No, no, I know. It can be easy to miss when you're on your phone. <sighs> Please, don't worry, love. You're not showing. Honest. Look. I'm a bloody nurse, okay? I see things that others can't, yeah? Sometimes people don't want to be helped. Or saved. Mel doesn't want to be saved. She just wants the odd cuddle, a bit of sex, and to make my flat a tip. And to be honest, that's fine by me. Same old faces, same old face. Force a smile and be the jolly Scottish nurse that everyone loves for being firm but fair. Here we go. School report. Ah, it's that public school cunt again. Hiya! How's it going? It's been a while. It's gonna be a long day. Fuck me. It's week six and the girls already learned how to clear up. I'm impressed. This may work. I mean, the rest of the place is still a tip, but the table of hell is great. Oh, <laughs> look. The keys even have their own wee hook thing. Bye, Han. Oh, nearly forgot my cardboard pal. I know, I'm gonna get some strange looks with a six foot cardboard cut out of Rod Stewart, but hey. Come on, Rodney. It's 
bloody freezing. But I think it's fair to say I'm feeling pretty positive. Or perhaps it's just an aberration. <laughs> Day shift this week. Almost sociable hours. Whatever are we going to do with ourselves, Rodney? Having Mel in the flat, tidiness issues aside, it's been like a breath of fresh air. I had felt like I'd been repeating myself. Same old girls, same old story. But she's different. Lecturing me to sort my life out, wait for it, at my age. <laughs> I ask you. <sighs> Excuse me. Yes, you, madam. It may have escaped your attention, but you're sat in a priority seat and the person standing, rather uncomfortably, in front of you has a walking stick. And no, it's easy to miss. I'm a nurse. I understand how damage to peripheral vision caused by digital media means we can no longer always see what's directly in front of us, especially when we're engrossed in a book. Oh, and he might have said, it's okay, I've only got a few stops to go, but this is England. He's probably got ten stops to go and been standing there for 20 minutes already. It's amazing how some people live with pain to avoid embarrassment. It was my ma that got me into Rod Stewart. His records were playing throughout my childhood. So, of course, I like him in a sort of ironic way. There's a gal on the ward, see? Late 60s. A Rod fanatic. You don't meet so many now. Thought I'd bring her this. Cheer her up. Hello? Yes, I'm prepared to accept the call. Is he? What the fuck's happened? Prison! As in, orange is the new black actual prison? How in the hell? Fraud! Of course I'll come and see you. Of course, hon. Christ, why didn't you tell me? Okay, of course I'll come. Is he? Aberrations by Andrew Curtis starred Helen Jessica Liggett. Remember, this was part one of two, so please tune in next week to find out what happens next. Sound production on this episode was by Jano Media. Our season jingle was written for us by the unstoppable Emma McGrath. Emma's latest EP, Settled in Motion, is out now, and you really should have listened to it by now, but if you haven't, you can do so on her website, emmamcgrath.co.uk. And hey, thanks for listening to The Scene Podcast.